I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. school i'm chief rick lasky along with my partner i'm john salka and uh john um you know i, I was i was i was in a hotel the other day and I, you know where i'm going with this i thought of you i'm not, not not that way thanks okay <laughs> not that way i love you brother but not that way okay um but anyway i'm at the hotel i'm checking in and behind the the, the manager or the lady who's checking me in there's a whole bank of portable radios in the chargers and I start thinking about what you and I have talked about. I start thinking about, you know, every time we see, like, the maid, with, they see the clipped on the cart or on their belt or the maintenance guy or the, or the pool guy. And we're at these hotel chains, and and they've all got portable radios. Yet, and I know, I know you do, I, you've done a, a great class and an article on, you know, where are the portable radios. We've talked about this before. Uh-huh. About... Remember, where we we were just at somewhere, and you asked a question in the audience: Is there anybody here who still who still responds to fires where not everybody crawling into the birdie building has a portable radio? I remember the hands went up, and the one guy goes, "Well, the only people in our engine that has the radio or ladder truck is the officer and the and the driver, the chauffeur." And we're like, "What about the rest of the firefighters that crawl into the burning building?" I, I guess that I want to pick your brain on that because we've talked about this a bunch of times about having. Having it's the an radios. old topic. It's an old topic. It's something that you and I have talked about in uh, in class, in presentations, in our May Day programs and things like that, and, and it continues to come up. I've done work for unions and stuff like that. People have gotten a hold of me and said, Chief, could you send us a letter and outline the reasons everybody should have a radio? Our city, our chief is, you know, fighting us on it and stuff like that. So, so to, to make a long story short, gosh, it's got to be 10 years ago now, I wrote an article called you know, where are the radios? And, and I had a program of the same title. Where are the radios? I, I have a, a PowerPoint program to this day. It's 10 years old now. I've updated it to some degree because some, some new events and some new fires have happened in the last couple of years where firefighters were killed or seriously right, injured. Right. And the fact that they did or did not have a radio became an important point. But I, I, I brought it up the first time I brought it up because, and it, I realized it just, just the other day, I was at home doing something, and, and my friend Freddie Schwartzrock came to, came to mind. Freddie's a senior firefighter on a little truck when I was a young man. I, a leather truck was? leather truck on the Lower East Side, rocking and rolling. Pretty busy, huh? Absolutely. And Freddie was there for a long time. I was a new man there and just a couple of years on the job. Real happy to be there. And uh, we ended up a job, a second alarm one night where, where Freddie and I both got into trouble. Up on the top floor, it was a, a, a building that had been renovated, and we thought we were on the fifth floor, we were on the sixth floor. And all sorts of things happened. It was a, quite a unique fire. It was a historical fire in the FDMY, written about articles and everything. But the point is, at one point, and, and I don't recall, and, I, and, I, and I, I feel terrible that I can't recall. I don't recall why I was not with my officer anymore, but I was the canned firefighter. I was the young, young firefighter on the inside team with the officer, and I had somehow become separated from my officer. 
And what did I do? But I stumble. I stumble upon Freddie Schwartzrock. Unconscious? On, unconscious. Unconscious. On Groggy, you know, moaning. And here, he's a big man. Big, bigger and, than and, me. And let me, let me interrupt for a second. Today, right now, when we do our, our Three Degrees of Mayday or any of our RIT classes, the first thing we tell them, you stumbled, you came across a firefighter, the first thing you do before you do anything else is what? Right. You're going you to grab the radio and give a mayday. And give a mayday. Okay, right. go ahead. Right. So, of course, I, I just realized the other day when I was thinking about it again, I didn't have a radio. That was back in the FDNY days when, when young firefighters on the inside team, the officer had a radio and a can. And, and the it wasn't the, well, the fact that they have. were trying to save money and not buy radios. That's just what... Yeah, it was a multi, multi-million dollar operation, the FDNY, even back then. So, it, like you said, it wasn't like a small department that was trying to scrimp and save to get 10 radios. We just didn't have them. It just operated like that for so many years, and that's the way it was. And frankly, it was like that for a long time after that as well. But the point was, here I was involved in a, in a situation where I encountered a firefighter that was unconscious, that was in, in a life-threatening situation. I still had air. He was out of air, obviously. I was able to share with him a little bit. I, I broke some rules and stuff like that, and, and we both pulled through. To this day, I still don't know how the other firefighters found us. Maybe, maybe they were just searching the same hallway I was searching from the other end. Also, my lieutenant showed up. I remember ripping his face piece off his face because by now I was out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a terrible situation. Freddie never worked again. Never worked in the field again. And 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 not to, I'll do I'll do the accolades at this point. But you received a medal for that, didn't you? Yes, yes, which was, you know... I know, but tell us anyway. Right. Tell, be, I mean, be, listen, I did what every other and any other firefighter yeah. would have done at the time. You encounter a, whether it was a civilian, whether, whether it was a homeless guy, I would have stayed with him and tried right. to rescue him. But I did share my air with Freddie because it was a pretty dire situation, which caused me, one of the known, one of the known negative effects of sharing air with somebody is you end, up, you end up breathing some bad air. So we both got out of there. We both ended up in a hospital. And as I said, Freddie ended up with some, with some lung injuries that, that prevented him from going back to work. He worked for several years administratively. But the point was, it goes back to the radio, which is tonight's topic. The radio, the radio, the radio. How could anybody in 2019, frankly, anytime, but but let's just talk well, about today. Think and, about and, sending a firefighter into an IDLH but do you remember, without a radio. Do you remember, it was at FDIC, we were doing the big room with Bobby, with our good friend Bobby Halton, editor-in-chief, fire engineer at FDIC. But, you know, Bobby does some great stuff with us. So we were up on the stage, we do our, our big show, there's no script, there's no we just walk out and do our thing, and we have a ball with it. And I remember you asking, it got a roar from, we had, you know, big, big, big audience in the big room. You got a roar. You, you leaned out of your chair, and you went, are there any departments here today, today, that crawl into burning buildings where every firefighter crawl into burning buildings isn't equipped with a portable working radio? Anybody. And some hands went up, and you said, your chief should be fired. <laughs> and the place went nuts. You go, they should fire your fire chief. I'm like, oh, boy. And then somebody went, he's sitting over here. And I, we're all like, hey, you know what? I'll tell you what, you, that happened in a class. And, and, that happened in a class, the front row in a much smaller venue. In a much smaller oh, venue. Oh, that kind of roar from there. The front row guys put their hands up. Yeah, uh, we don't love radios. I said, well, your chief... Your chief's an imbecile, you know? And he said, well, he's right here, chief. And I, I said, you're the chief, really? He said, yeah, I got I to gotta stand up for this. Yeah. I said, listen, if you've got a red car, if you've got a chrome bell on any of your rings, if you've got a square inch of diamond, not diamond plate, but gold leaf, if you're spending money on anything special, anything fancy-wancy, and, and everybody doesn't have a radio, you know what I'm saying? So, And, and we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk about all the advantages. And we've talked about we've talked about your people come first. And we've said this in many in many classes and we've said it on this show before, um, uh, 
if, if your your chief's car, your chief's buggy should have bald tires on it before you ever get something special and your guys do without proper gear, without proper tools, without proper training, and without a damn portable radio. Yep. And you're right, it's 2019. And like we started off the show talking about, the, the maids at the hotels, God bless them. I'm I mean, a pool they clean- boy. You, you, you know, I told that story a million times, being being at the pool with my wife in Myrtle Beach with the family, and the, this kid walks by with a skimmer. He's, he's, you know, taking care of the pool. And I snap a picture of him as he walks past me. Why My wife looks at me and says, what are you doing? I said, oh, he's pretty cute. You know, she said, no, really. I said, look in his back pocket. That's a $3,000 Motorola radio in a guy's back pocket. You know, whether it be Motorola or any other brand. I said, and this guy, and this guy's riding around on fire engines probably in this town that don't have a radio, you know? And nowadays, you know, with the grants that are available, and, and, and to me, an easy sell for a lot of fire departments is, you know, you want to talk about two in, two out. You want to talk about ideas. You want to talk about standards that say we have to be in voice communication. Either you need to be able to hear me in the room if I'm in the hallway or clean back and cabs. forth. Clean cabs. They're talking about clean right. cabs. But you, and, and how could you ignore radios? Yeah, exactly. And, but back to the, like the communication standards. You, you, you can't be by yourself and be at a distance where you can't communicate verbally right. with your officer, with your partner. Rick. Listen to this. And they don't even have a portable radio. Listen to this. You you said the word standards. I'm not a big standards guy, and I know the NFPA has lots and lots of standards. You know, some of them make perfect sense to me. Some of them are a little sketchy. Some of them I think are ridiculous, and I think everybody probably, you know, thinks that. But, but the whole point is, you, you mean they have a standard on how many ounces, how many ounces your Nomex can be on your coat, but they don't have a standard that says every interior structural firefighter must have a two-way voice communication with them? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like... When you can specify stuff like chevrons on the back of a rig and ounces of Nomex on a coat, why isn't there a standard on, on two-way and, electronic and, and communication? And peel your gear off inside out. By the way, up up in Nebraska or Chicago when it's like 20 below zero, you know, before you can return to quarters with dirty gear, but we still don't have people with portable radios. And I just, you've, you've, you know where I'm going with this. You've asked a question in class. Name me a police department in the United States of America or Canada. Our, our our brothers and sisters in Canada, name us name 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 a police department that doesn't have a portable radio for their police right. officers. Right, they send two guys out in the car. I kid around in class about that. I say they send them out in the car and tell them, listen, so we're out of radios tonight. You guys, if you run into trouble, shoot the flag on up, and we'll we'll come and give you a hand. Yeah, or go Nowhere. to a call box in the corner like we used to do in the old days Nowhere. and get your key out and open it up. Nowhere. Yeah, and I, and I just again, you know, when it when it comes to you and I have been preaching firefighter safety survival. Long before you even started to get out live in the early nineties and nineties, Stephen Earl, but we've been doing it for a long time, and we've we've done we've talked and we've done these classes. We we talked about the radio drills, you know. For those who have the portable radios, we ask in class. So when we do a sweat and the small stuff, you and I, one of the questions is: So how many departments here do radio drills? Maybe once a year, and they all look around. I said, No, we. You say, Okay, you three guys, you know, guys and gals, you three guys put your gear on, which air pack. You're in this room. You three go in that room. And here's two statements. Here's a, or here's a statement for you. You need to read this to them. And you practice talking, especially those that have voice amps, because they think they're supposed to put the microphone on the voice amp, which is not what you're supposed to do because it feeds, feeds back through it. You're supposed to talk. Normally, it's supposed to because it it's up. like you took your voice box put outside the mask. When you start reading instructions or stuff to someone else, now the, the more maybe a higher voice individual doesn't have as much problem as someone like myself that has a deep, maybe a deeper voice where we have to enunciate better. We have to really, instead of, you know, you've heard it, 
Okay, slow down, and you want to say enunciate, speak a little bit clear. Second floor, and you can't. And and those drills, when they do those drills, John, you've seen it. It clears up like ninety percent of the crap, the feedback, all the stuff. And you get to experience it at a drill environment rather and, than at a live. And who fire does the who does the most talking on the fire ground? Obviously, the incident commander. Who does who who does the second or equal as much talking in the fire ground? Right, the company the officer. Who's who does the least amount? Right. Firefighters, and they have their radios maybe turned out because they want to feedback through the boss's radio. Sometimes and, and they bump it. And we're just talking right now. This particular t subject is really just the tactical equipment part of, of the of the radio dilemma. Uh, and I, I always talk about, and, and and we'll talk some other time. We'll have a we'll have another another old school session when we'll talk about May Day. But but let's get back to the May Day for a minute. You can't give a May Day without a radio. You can yell and it. you can't cannot you receive it? a mayday. Can't you scream it? Yeah, right. Could you scream it and hope people hear you scream With your face, please? So I, I, I bring that up in class all the time with folks saying, you know what, if every single one of your people doesn't have a radio, what happens if one of them that doesn't have a radio ends up in a gigantic situation, deadly, life-threatening, how are they, so they're not even, so, so, so folks that have a mayday policy, it doesn't even apply to every firefighter on the fire ground because mayday is a radio. It's, it's a radio procedure. It's not a, voice procedure you know? well exactly and how many times do people say to us well but my firefighter is always with me and I have the radio and I and I sit there and I go Re really have, have you not read like some of the line of duty that they're near miss reports where we've talked about like Vinnie Dunn we've talked about Vinnie on this show already one of our idols what an incredible credible man has always talked about the point of no return into room once it flashes is like five feet some people argue about longer whatever and the reason that five feet is because you can crawl you know roughly two and a half feet a second in your turnout gear, and that's about how much time, you know, before your gear starts to start, you know, begin to break down, different things like that. And 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 you sit there and you go, okay, so this is like the guys that will get into this one later, they used to teach you to hang out to the boot to the firefighter in front of you. I'm like, you let go of that person's boot, instead of teach them how to search, by the way. How long, did, one 1,001, one 1,002, one you're down the hallway, or they made a right, and now you're separated. We've talked about before, that sometimes you want to reach down into the grave and pull the dead firefighter out and go, what happened? How did you end up away from your officer? Right. Well, now, guess what is a big deal? He's, he or she's not at your side, Cap, or Lieutenant, and you're the one with the radio. They don't have one. So Never mind somebody falling through the floor or the ceiling coming yeah, down yeah, yeah. on top of one guy, and the other guy doesn't have a ceiling on top of him. Unfortunately, he's the guy without the radio, even though he was with the yeah. guy that, that had it. So, yeah, that... that Listen, none of the arguments, none, none of the none of the defensive positions that people put up for not having radios on every single interior firefighter, none of them hold water. None of them hold water because it's not just a communication tool. It's a tactical tool. Hey, we need a line here, an exposure too, forthwith. Hey, uh, urgent, I got I got three unconscious children or three unconscious adults on a top floor of exposure too. Suddenly now, it, it's not even about our safety necessarily. It's about running the good fire operations, about rescuing the civilians that were there to serve. It's about getting a line quickly into an exposed building or into the floor above the fire. Of course, everybody has immediate two-way and, and you back up to a firefighter getting jammed up, and I've been there before. I actually broke I actually broke a Gerber tool, cutting a guy out of the slinky that fell from the ceiling. He was hung up in there like a cat just hanging there. What if you get, you get, you, you're my part, you usually get hung up or, and you're like, you're searching next to me or near down the hall. You, something minor that isn't a mayday, but you know what? Hey, I need a, John, I need a, I need a, a second, I need a hand here. Yet I don't have the means to be able to call you. I mean, there, we could list probably a hundred examples of, 
I'll just say how god-awful, how dangerous it is oh. to not have. So let me ask you this. Well, we're talking about where are the portable radios. You know one of my pet peeves is people that take the lapel mic off the portable radio. Now, don't get me wrong. When I was in Louisville, all of our chiefs had a couple radios that we had that we had without the mic that you could bring to council meetings so you weren't on with the mic. But you don't you, you don't show up at a fire and I'll clip by mic, at least at, at, at my fire ground. And, and here was my thing. There's been documented cases where firefighters have died, and one of the contributing factors was they couldn't get their their Steve McCaffrey from Backdraft radio out of their pocket. We talked about the lapel mics. We talked about, you know, when you see pictures of a chief with the radio in their back pocket. And I, and I told that story about uh, Elgin, Illinois. Elgin, Illinois, John, I know you've been out there. It's a great fire department. Old, older town, good fire department, solid firefighters, you know. And, and one of them came up at a class I was doing several years back. He says, uh, you don't remember, but I had you for first an officer at U of I, the Fire Service Institute. And, and you used to say something about the clip on Mike back then, the lapel mic. Do you remember what you used to say? And I said, yeah, because I still say what I say. He said, you used to say your mic should always be over, be over your heart because that's where your guys and that's where your family should be. Not next to your ass, back in your back pocket or in a pocket where you can't get to it. Somewhere where you could just key up and talk. It's right here. Either hand, I can get, I don't have to get out of a pocket, which we'll talk later about how it doesn't protect you. But the lapel mic, and I remember one big metro department years, like in the 90s, we're doing saving our own. At the end of the day, by five o'clock, the director was out to, I'll give it away, 40 something stations. All the lapel mics mandatory go back on the radios because we put them through the, the skills, the hands on, and all of a sudden, guys are like, but I can't get my radio out. Why would you? Or, or this, they they have it. They have it. How many how many videos do you see these guys have fires? They have it in their hand. I'm like, like Bonnie Fife, that, right? That just you just cut your arm off because you only have one hand available to do everything else. You know, I've explained this to so many firefighters, and, and I've been to places that said, that said the same thing. Oh, we just we just carry our portable radio in the pocket. It's pocket sewn right on the coach, made of Nomex, just like the coat. I said, listen, don't even try and. Don't even try and explain that away. That there's that there's no much pocket, no much pocket that you had installed on your coat, on the exterior of your coat, is going to in any way, shape, or form protect that radio. First of all, it doesn't have a lining on it. It's not sealed closed or zipped closed or anything like that. So number one, remote mics and 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 the leather or nylon, the, the strap, the shoulder straps. That whole setup of carrying the radio under your coat is something that's developed over the years with lots of departments. Historically, nobody had that. 30, 40, 50 years ago, everybody just had portable radios. There was no other way to carry them. Then they started developing the pockets. Then after the pockets, some people started saying, now, now, now my, my radio's stuck in my coat. If I take my coat off on a 90-degree day, now i got to remember to take the radio out or I walk away from it. So those are all improvements. I don't see why everybody doesn't want to stay up, stay up with the Joneses and, and well, get, get the most recent, most... And, most and as a chief, you're a chief of your department now, you know... Um, that, that's my thing is, you know what, guys? Clip-on mics stay on. Lapel mics stay on unless you broke it out of the way to the call. It stays on. And, and some and, places, some places I've been to, guys said, ah, you know, I'm, I'm like, why do three of you guys have the remote mic, you know, the, the on, on the sleeve, and this guy's got his radio in his pocket? Well, you know, everybody doesn't use it. I said, really? It's a, it's a, it's a personal preference thing? I said, the FDNY well, and lots of other places is... Here's your radio. Here's your, do you get to use a different saw? Do you get to use a different helmet? Do you get to take your lining out but of your helmet? John, we've been there. We've, we've been there. You and I have been there where we've been to departments. I worked for a couple where guys where guys actually switched nozzles or switched stuff on the rigs. We've said it before. 
you know, like in your, your firehouse, the captain owns a firehouse. You don't move that office chair without asking the captain, right. let alone tools and nozzles. Well, radio, we're talking portable radios here. And, you know, why would you, why would you take a lapel mic off? That Again, you keep, clip, again, I'll say it again. You keep your lapel mic over your heart where your family and your firefighter should be. Not next back to your ass or and in a pocket. Under your coat. And under your coat. You not may, in an exterior You may pocket. only get one chance, one chance, right, to call for help. And, and if you have to fiddle or your pocket now because your SCBA show, whatever, because, you you know, the one time it's kind of covering or, and you're trying to or you're trying to squeeze through the pocket or whatever. Why would you not want to? Why would the, you not have something where you can? How about the back bay fire in Boston a couple of years ago? Yeah. Two, a firefighter and an officer were killed. Right. Engine guys, too. On a line. Right. They were killed. And, and their radios, the fact that their radios. Uh, malfunction as a result of being exposed to the heat and fire and everything else was, was an integral part. It was an absolute yeah. factor in their deaths. You know, I don't know what Boston has did since uh, has done since. And they got then. a great Commissioner Finn. They have a Absolutely. great, great Commissioner, Commissioner Finn is a great boss. He's, he's everywhere talking about oh, everything now. He is a and, great boss. And there's an exa- another example of a big fire department that when they see a need for a change and or adopt something or get rid of something or grab something new, they do it. And as I said, I hate to brag about the FDNY. Not that I hate to brag about it, but I don't want to make a habit of it. But this year would have been my 40th anniversary in the FDNY. And radios were were in a leather pouch on a leather shoulder strap with a remote mic worn under the coat the day I got on the job in 1979. And and they still are today. And I tell the story about Chief Benny Crane from Chicago going to teach with him. You know, we'll talk later about walking in a firehouse and taking a smell. And you you know what you mean by that. And taking a look at the officer's seat and seeing... Not only how he or she has the cab organized, but do they have their coat hanging over the side with their radio strap over it, meaning they have to put their radio on first before they put it. And we're going to get to channel changing on another show and the rest of this stuff. But I guess my question is, um, my, my question is, John, as we kind of finish things out here, you know, what, what I'll ask you, because I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll say my, my, little, my little bit here. What's your message to all the chiefs out there about, not just, we just talked about the importance, but what do you say to them? Aside from you should be fired, all right. But you know, <laughs> I, I know what it is. You don't even have to finish the question. I have the answer. The answer is that that a portable radio is as important, probably, probably more important, but certainly as important as a helmet or a good pair of gloves or an SCBA. You don't say, okay, but he wears an SCBA, except for the Irons guy. You, you guys don't need SCBA. You just you just stay close to your officer, and, and, and he'll share air with you. I mean, <laughs> as ridiculous as that statement sounds, to me, I think I think the statement saying, oh, those two guys always stay together, so one radio will, will, will take care of, of all three of them. It is, a, it is a personal protective piece of equipment. It's an operational piece of equipment. It's a firefighter safety and survival piece of equipment. It's a, it's a service piece of equipment, so we can provide better service to the people that we're out there to, to manage and to handle, whether it be a car accident or, or an extrication or, or a structural fire, two-way communications between every element, every firefighter inside the hazard area or the IDLH is mandatory. It's not even an option, and, and, and I can't believe that anybody could defend that anywhere, that, that, that a firefighter could be put into a, a burning building without two-way communication. Exactly, absolutely. And my, and my, my message would be, there, first of all, we've said it before lots of times in our programs, there's a ton of great chiefs out there. There's a ton of great bosses. I mean, there's a few knuckleheads, but there's a ton of great, a lot of, a lot of good bosses follow this show, as a matter of fact. My message to them would be, similar would be, you know what, go fight for your guys. You know what, get the data, find the grants, find the people, find the money, 
Mike Lombardo used to say it about Buffalo, the commissioner. You know what? If you don't ask, you don't know. Work your butt off. Work your ass off. If you if you're if you're if your guys and gals come first, if your priorities are about your people, before the microwave, before the bell on the fire engine, before the, the embroidered jump seats, before any of that stuff, make sure they have a, a good portable radio with a lapel mic, a good functioning radio for every maybe you look, a lot of departments can't some of the small departments do, but a lot of the bigger departments don't have enough money to buy every member of their own radio. So how about every seat? Every position. Have, every position. position yeah, having a portable That's radio. That's what we have in the FDMY. You don't take a radio to home. You don't, you don't take a radio into the kitchen. It, it, it's on the rig at your seat. And when you go home, somebody else uses it. Exactly. And there's some departments that are, are pretty fortunate. You know, I was interim chief one, Trophy Club, where they all have their own radios, but it's a smaller department, and they can afford to do it, but not everybody can. So again, my point is, go out and fight. Go, go out and fight and do what you can to get the, the funding you need Make it a priority. Maybe it not. Maybe we won't get this budget year. Maybe maybe you have to do it in pieces. Maybe right. you have to. Maybe two two radios per rig this year, and then two more next year until we have or four five or five or ten or whatever. Right. I mean, would you would you put a piece of masking tape on every other firefighter's mouth and send them into a building <laughs> on fire so he couldn't talk? I mean, that's what you're doing. Exactly. There's no radio. Exactly. Yeah. Well, hey, another great topic talking about uh, where are the portable radios and everybody should have one that's uh, crawling into burning buildings. Um, you know, every fire chief that's running around out there running fires is driving some kind of fire, you know, vehicle. And, you know, unless they have to take their own car. But Certainly something other, to think about. You know, get, take care of your people. Critical, crucial, firefighter safety and survival. And uh, that's it, buddy. If they want to get a hold of you. Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And I'm Chief Lasky at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for joining us on another episode of Old School. We've got a bunch more. This is going to go on for a long time. Um, follow us. Uh, follow follow us on Podbean, Bean, Podbean, and on iTunes. Um, share it. Tell your friends. You know, it's just it's just my good buddy John and I sitting here talking like we do when we when we have the honor of visiting with you at your department or at a conference, just talking shop and talking about issues. You know, you know things that 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 we're really passionate about. And if you're gonna follow us, if you got some suggestions on topics you'd like to hear us talk about, please send them in. We'd love to hear from you. All right, with that said, we never end any of our shows without saying a very important phrase, and that is never forgetting means never forgetting. Thanks, everybody. Be careful, and God bless you.